Hi, this is your host, Val, and I decided I want to make new changes in the podcast. So now on, we're going to bring amazing people from all over the world to talk about topics related to spirituality, mental health, personal development, relationships, and everything you really like to talk about. Let's open space to have some reflections about life and connecting with amazing people and their amazing experiences. So welcome back, and I really hope you enjoy this new start of questioning. Dan, welcome. I am so happy that you are here and that we're doing this. <laughs> How are I'm you? I'm happy to be here, Val. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have some more time to speak with you this morning. I know, I know. The first time we saw each other, basically, it was like so fast and we didn't have time to like complete the idea and to get to know each other more. Um, I first contacted you because I wanted to do the course with you, but I was like in a very headache moment in like in my life in that moment so it was like I can't do it right now and it was more about listening what my intuition said to me but I think mm -hmm. I am so happy that we can connect and I can bring you to the podcast because what you bring is so valuable and I know that you want to normalize well-being like itself the way it is and just debunk all this myth that is like with it so I want to mm -hmm. talk a little bit about your background Uh, I know you went into like a very interesting and profound spiritual path. So I want you to talk a little bit about your background and maybe your purpose. Sure. So this all started for me, Val. Well, there's two places that I could say that it started, actually. When I think back to my earliest memories, I was the little boy who was always asking why and who was always frustrated with the answers that the grown-ups around me were giving. Now, that actually took me all the way to around 30 years old, which is where my spiritual practice really began. And that was really what I'd been searching for that whole time, since I kind of came online as a little boy. Oh, wow, self-knowing awareness, what the fuck? Yeah couldn't have articulated it in those terms back then, but it was just this great mystery, right? And then, of course, on comes all the rules that society puts upon us, and that was deeply confusing for little Dan. And so it was a long 30-year journey to just get to the beginning of where I started to feel that some answers were available. And the reason that I finally found the beginning of my path was because stress was really getting to me towards the end of my 20s, I'd been working as a professional musician for around 20 years at that time, mm -hmm. traveling a lot, unsociable hours, heavy demands. Yeah. There was a lot of disappointment. Uh, I found that the higher I climbed up the ladder in the music industry, the less professionalism there was, the less time there was to rehearse, the less time there was to learn tunes. People didn't know what tunes were going to be played. So suddenly I'm heading out onto the biggest stages I've ever performed on and I don't know what the fuck's about to happen. <laughs> Meanwhile, because of all of this stress, I'm actually causing myself a lot of physical pain. I'm holding a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up having this dirty little secret. I would be sneaking off backstage to lie down flat on the ground between sets just to try to get some pain relief, mm -hmm. thinking... How am I going to get through the next set? It's, I knew that this had to stop, right? I, I was looking at the end of that career if something didn't change. I went on holiday at the beginning of 2015 mm -hmm. for two weeks. That was the longest I had spent away from a drum kit 
since 1998. Wow. And I thought, I'll be better when I get back, right? This will sort me out. A nice long break, I'll be fine. Well, I felt exactly the same when I came back. So oh. the first place I went to was actually, because I was just desperate to get free of these these symptoms of physical pain, I went to see a chiropractor first. <laughs> and she told me something that changed my life. She said, there's nothing wrong with your spine, which is where I was feeling most of the pain in my upper back. She said, it's what you're doing with it that's causing you all this trouble. I said, wow. I didn't know I was doing anything with my spine. That's news to me. <laughs> she said, now you could come and see me every two weeks for the rest of your life. I'll put you right and you'll go put yourself wrong again. And I'll put you right again and you'll put yourself wrong again. Or she said, I know it doesn't sound like a good deal. Hey, would have been great for her. Um, but she was very honest. And she said to me, or you could go and see an Alexander technique teacher. And they'll teach you how to stop putting yourself wrong. Now, a lot of folks haven't heard about Alexander Technique, but essentially it's, it's what this chiropractor explained to me was the Alexander Technique. Teacher uh -huh. will teach people how to stop causing themselves trouble with the way that they're using themselves. So a lot of people who have exhausted all of their options for treatment end up in Alexander Technique because the treatment can't possibly find a cure if we're causing the problem ourselves. And that was precisely what was going on with me. I was causing my own problem through stress, creating tension. And so no, that I began a long journey. Go ahead. It's amazing. I'm early in that path. Like for me, my family left when I was pretty young and I was feeling mm. all these things for me. It was like, I am building myself towards what people is expecting, you know, me to become. Like, I don't yeah. know who I am. So mm -hmm. maybe I wake up every day and I start asking myself the right question, which is, who the fuck am I? <laughs> and like, what do I really want? What makes me feel fulfilled? Because none of this is making me feel, feel like, and I think for me, I was lucky that in my early 20s, uh, it's not lucky, but I had the opportunity to stay away from my family and stay alone. So that was like 21, 22. So for me, it was like I had no options. And it was more like realizing patterns. And you said something is very important. Sometimes society is the one that tells you what you want or what you want to do, because people is always expecting from you. And we were mm -hmm. wired. And you said something in your content, in your tweets. And if you don't follow Dan, just go and follow him right now we think and we were wired to think that we are broken and there's something wrong with us and therefore we need to find solutions to put ourselves together like if we were a, a, a toy that someone is like you know putting together and i remember that i played the sims a lot when i was a kid i don't know if you know that mm. game yeah 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 build your house and build your family and have a career and it's crazy but it's a metaphor of how true life really is sometimes people avoid pain And I think mm -hmm. I want to start talking about this because I do believe from my experience that there are two things that you can change about life and it's pain, pain and uncertainty in the mm. way that there's no way you can control what is going to come to your life. And when you don't listen, you keep repeating and repeating. And I think that's the buckle where people get stuck in with spirituality mm -hmm. and with life in general. And I think Your experience is amazing. I know that after all that journey of thinking, maybe that music is one, is one you wanted to pursue in that moment, but also feeling a lot of pain because people disappointing you because you were expecting them to know what they were going to play and certain things that in a way 
we get really attached to those things. And I think that mm. I want to talk about the small shift of perspective and how simplicity sometimes is what you really need to go into spirituality and make your own system. Uh, mm. When people get into spirituality, and this is something I've been experiencing now that I'm doing like my yoga training and whatever is in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna with the great master, uh, he said like, you know, my mission at the end is teaching you how to know everything that I know at the end. Your or your own system are the ones that are going to make you succeed in spirituality and in your life path. So mm-hmm. um, how would you say like people that it's always looking outside and people that is always thinking that spirituality is this great thing? I know your main focus is meditation. So how did this shift happen to you after you meditated with mm-hmm. for how so long? I want you to talk a little bit about that. Well, I'll just connect those two dots from because very shortly after I discovered the Alexander Technique thing, I discovered mm-hmm. Alan Watts, and mm-hmm. that was my gateway into all right. of the spirituality stuff, right? Really made sense, and it was from there that I found my first teacher who lived in Thailand as a monk for eight years, Wow! and okay. he was then sent out of the monastery to teach the Buddha Dharma over Skype, which is where we spent hundreds of hours before I went and visited him in Thailand. And indeed, his whole presentation of mindfulness and of meditation is that it's something that we want to make into our default mode. Mm. And then, in fact, it was after my time with that teacher that I discovered it is our default mode. Mm. We actually don't have to make anything. We've made all of our conditioning, all of the socialization, all of that stuff, that's what's made. Meditative stability is a quality of our natural state. So all we have to do in the end is relax. And any method, any meditation, any technique is just a means of our convincing ourselves that it's okay to relax. Yeah, like if we don't deserve it. Like if we have to fight right. for it, like we've been thought that we have to have nine to five to get that, that we have to get the perfect marriage to get that. And sometimes life unfolds in a way that you're not planning at all. And I think the mm-hmm. best thing to go to this, and it, this is magnificent, I think it could be like a quote of a book or something that when you get into this process, it's a lot about leaving your expectations at the door because mm-hmm. You don't have to believe in everything you think and you create about reality. I I think Mm -hmm. it's so important. And this is just my experience. I don't know if it's for you that you have to separate reality and your reality. And I think Mm. that the path goes when you are able to understand that there's something beyond. Like you say, like stress or relaxing is not something you earn. Like it's very sad sometimes that I think that people think that generally they have to fight to earn love, to Mm -hmm. earn recognition, to earn validation. And I realized that I was like that. And then life was going to be a very painful and never ending process of just hurting myself. And I was doing that to myself. So we are always looking Mm -hmm. solutions out there. And I am not saying, and I I think this is very important on your message too, that spirituality is the answer. What would you say to people that genuinely believe that because they're wired different, like maybe they're neurodivergent or maybe they have 
a different like life than what they want. How would you start debunking the myth that we are naturally like broken? Because hmm. I do believe like people have this belief deep inside that there's something that is broken. And mm. we find, I think we find, I found meditation. I went into meditation with the wrong mindset because I thought that meditation will solve all my problems. I will find all the answers and I have to meditate an hour a day to be successful. Mm. Because if I meditate five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night, then what was I doing, right? Because you start reading all these books and you see all these philosophies and all these gurus and you say, oh, I have to meditate at least 30 minutes in the morning. So what are those misconceptions of being broken and what would be the best way for someone that has no idea, I have never been into a spirituality or maybe they didn't have their awake, like, you know, this mm. awake call that we had uh, to go mm. into this as just a tool of self-improvement. Mm. So I encourage people to experiment always. The historical Buddha told people, don't take my word for it. Experiment mm -hmm. and see what's true in your direct experience. Right. But for most folks, they've tried a bunch of stuff and it's not worked to bring them to any kind of stable peace. And again, to make that important flip, it's not that they've been unsuccessful in creating peace. It's that they continue to create things that obscure their peace. Ooh. Now, yeah, so this is all the conditioning that we have for creating mentally fabricated problems, interpretations, judgments, descriptions. We're constantly separating out parts of our reality, calling mm -hmm. some of them good and some of them bad the root problem that we're really addressing with any spiritual practice is the problem of dissatisfaction. You mentioned earlier, Val, that we're never going to get away from pain. Can't happen, right? Mm -hmm. I always say, if you stub your toe, it's going to hurt. And you might shout something that you wouldn't want to shout in front of your grandparents, <laughs> right? This is just a natural <laughs> response. When you lose someone you love, you're going to have a natural grief response. The question then is, are we going to be dissatisfied about that? Are we going to spiral out into, oh, I wish they were still here. Why did they have to go so soon? It's not fair. Why couldn't that person die instead? <laughs> yeah. I want my lover back. I want my mother back. I want my whoever it is. Right. And that's how people spiral out into years and years of grief when actually a grief response is an expression of love. Totally. We, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a realization that the person existed and that you have feelings for that person. It yeah. is a normal block process. I think, yeah, I was like a lot into that and I suffered a lot because I was so attached because I wanted the outcome I was planning in my head, like the reality I built. Mm, and mm -hmm. I think even if we're or intertwined and connected, we work differently because of exactly what you say. Like what for me might be something silly or simple for the other person might be really hard. The fact mm -hmm. of trusting, just trusting people might yeah. be some of the hardest things to do. And I've, you know, I've experienced relationship with people that it's not able to trust. And I didn't do anything, but it's just like from their old conditioning, I had a conversation with one of my best friends, um, especially in this relationship. 
And she said something so simple. It was a metaphor, and I love explaining things with metaphor, and it's exactly what you're saying. When you resist grieving someone that you don't have any longer, the path is maybe it's going to take years. What will take you a month or six months or days will take you so much because you're so attached to that thing you created that it's not reality. That's what I think, like what you say in the beginning, that the power of just relaxing and flowing and relaxing is perceived as something cute, something nice, something good, something like going to a vacation in the Caribbean and have a margarita in front of the beach. Mm -hmm. Like That's not sometimes relaxing is feeling that narrow and deep pain that that lost cause you. And it's fine. You can also be relaxed by being depressed or by being sad, or by being... So people have these connotations that you say, like, what's good? I think awareness is something you choose, not something that mm. magically comes to your life. Like, people have this perception about spirituality that it's just mm-hmm. not real. And she said, he's imagine that he's two steps back, right? And you're there, you're looking at him, and you really love him, and you really want him to go where you are, Right? But imagine that he has his two ankles broken. They're broken. Mm. But you want, him to, you want him to be where you are. So you're going to take his head and you're going to push him. How do you think he's going to feel? How much mm. pain do you think that's going to bring him? Because he's mm. just not there. And love happens when you also understand that sometimes let it go is the best thing to do. For you mm-hmm. and for the other person, right? We just want things to work out perfectly in our head. But sometimes I think awareness and really loving people is understanding when it's time to let go in every possible way. What do you yeah. think about that clarity when you are suffering, when you are grieving someone or something in your life? What's well, you've, yeah, you've said it precisely. What we're really looking for here in any genuine practice, and look, even to call this stuff spiritual practice is to limit it and one of my favorite teachers a woman named Zizi Rinpoche said that this is really about being human mm. and that's all it is and if we put a label of spiritual practice or psychology or self-help or any of those labels that we typically find around this stuff on it we limit it we're going to exclude people because now someone can say well I'm not into self-help I don't I don't do that stuff right? What we're actually talking about here at its core is accepting everything as it is. That Mm. simple choice to resist our circumstances or to accept them as they are. And now there's a really important point here that a lot of folks get stuck on. I know I did for a long time. Accepting things as they are doesn't mean we roll over and Mm. just let anything happen to us or that we go and play in traffic stand in front of a bus and shout acceptance. (laughs) I'm alive. (laughs) Right? (laughs) We've never seen a single wisdom teacher do that. That's not what it's about. In accepting our circumstances as we are, we're actually more capable of making wise changes to our circumstances. But now we're precisely making those changes from a place of wisdom as opposed to from a place of need or desperation. I don't like the way I'm feeling. Let me get rid of this feeling. Therefore, I have to change something. No, we're perfectly okay with all the feelings exactly as they are. And now we can say, is there something that's not optimal about this situation? 
And if so, what can I do to change that? I asked my first teacher one time, if the Buddha was perfectly satisfied, why did he walk all up and down India and give 84,000 teachings? Why did he do that if he was cool? Why bother? And that teacher said to me, he did that out of wisdom and discernment and compassion. Not because he needed to, not because he wanted to, because he saw that it was good. That's amazing, Dan, because I, I think that sometimes we want so bad to have a purpose. And mm. for me, it's been more about understanding that I might not have a purpose yet. And then my path now is getting that clarity from going inwards. When you realize that your life is not yours, and I don't want this to take like, I don't want people to think that I'm saying like, just don't think that you're there because you are the owner of this body that you're living in and then you are building your experience. But when you understand that you were burned to understand something that is greater than you and bigger than you, that it might be a God or it might be energy or it might be whatever that is out there. You understand that life is just something that happens and it's exactly mm. what you're saying. So I think the significance of gaining clarity and examining our thoughts and get detached from those thoughts are the thing that are going to really, I mean, it's the thing that is really going to break that myth that we have to be enlightened. And like, I always remember the work of Mahatma Gandhi. Like, Mahatma mm. Gandhi was a pacifist, but he was not quiet. He always mm. was very, very strong will, and he had so much willpower. And mm. he was not attached, right, to, I think, all the things like material things. And I think that what hurts as humans is that we're not able to have that separation between what we think we are and what we are. Um, and there's a very narrow line and we get stuck in the car in that, you know, in that how we like at the end, sometimes what you have to do is pause, just stop the car, mm -hmm. get out of the car and see whatever is around you what is around you because sometimes mm. it's like this block in the car it's very practical like people mm. i was i was doing a live on instagram yesterday and about pausing because now i'm just having this pause in my life what i am just understanding that maybe what i didn't want is what i have to do for a little bit to gain stability in order to build what i wanted to build and sometimes we are so attached of what we want right now and it's mm. just about pausing and someone mm. asked me and I think I want you to answer this how would you stop right even if you know what your purpose is or what you know what you want how would you stop listening to that little voice that is inside of your head telling you mm. that you can telling you that it's not worth it and I my answer was and I will listen to your answer like Remember that the ego is something that is always going to be there. Like he is there. And people talk about killing the ego. Like mm. it was something bad. It's just a part of your personality. Like if you want to go into the technical part, it's just something that it's built there to protect you. Mm. But it protects you because you educated it in a way that it needs to protect you. At the mm. end, you have the power and you tell the ego. You have to see the ego like a little angel, like a demon here. You just have to say like, hey, bro. Mm. I don't need you right now. I'm cool. I know what you're doing, what you're doing. But it's not about killing it. It's about educating the way we were wired and understand um, yeah. who we are because that voice is always going to be there. Always yeah. going to be there. So you can fight yeah. it or you can accept it. 
and go with the, I mean, and walk that path with it? What would you say mm. to that person? So that's a great strategy, Val. And one that I used a lot was to really point directly at that voice when it arises and say, I see you. This is, I'm quoting that first teacher of mine now. I see you, Mr. Ego, and I'm not playing your game today, right? And you can even, you can go the gratitude route. You can say, thank you for trying to protect me, but I don't need you right now. What we're talking about here is, of course, millions of years old stuff, right? Mm. This is all the way up. If evolution is to be believed, this is stuff that's come right up through the reptile brain, the mammalian brain, and still now is hanging around. Only now, of course, we're aware of it in the unique way that only a human being can be, right? It has a voice. It uses language now. So in a sense, it's more sinister. Mm. But actually, when we take the perspective of direct experience, mm -hmm. what we see is that all that ego has ever been is an appearance coming and going within the vast expanse of awareness, which is who we really are, if we're anybody. Mm. And seeing that as a simple, empty appearance transient fleeting and actually different every time we have a sense don't we that there's some kind of permanence to it because when that voice shows up it's often familiar yeah actually it's different every time right and so the closer we look the more we see oh this is fresh every time and it's just that dynamic energy of awareness i'm just turning the kaleidoscope one more time and i'm fucking tripping here oh wow awareness as ego look at this Wow. <laughs> I know, I know. So far, so good, right? But I didn't want to make this so long. So I did a second part of this amazing interview with Dan Goldfield, and I'll be waiting for you. The episode will be released very soon, so make sure you set your reminder and you follow the podcast so you can have a notification when a new episode is updated. Thank you. I'll be waiting for you. <laughs>